This is the Press Play Podcast, powered by Splinify. Join us as we dispel the mystery that surrounds video, the world's most popular medium for communication. We'll share our expertise and provide the best analyses, strategies, and practices as we show you how to establish brand awareness, create noteworthy educational content, and drive insane amounts of revenue. Here's your host, Derek Gerber. Hello, and welcome to another miraculous episode of Press Play, powered by Explainify. I'm your host, Derek Gerber. We're so excited to have Chris, the VP of Corporate Sponsorships at the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, the L.A. Dodgers affiliate uh, team for, for baseball. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm looking, looking forward to having a conversation. There we go. I'm loving it. All right. Let's start off with the basics. Who are you and what do you do for a living? Yeah, my name's Chris. Uh, you, you hit it well. So I'm the VP of sponsorships for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. We are now the Low A West affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, there was a bit of a transition this uh, last year with a new agreement with Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. So uh, we are officially one of the 120 teams affiliate affiliated with uh, Major League Baseball. And we're very fortunate to be affiliated with the world champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and, and probably the most special part about that is we're located 50 miles away from Chavez Ravine Dodger Stadium. So uh, it's a unique scenario. Not everybody gets to be affiliated uh, with their major league team that's just down the road. So uh, it's, a, it's an exciting thing. Uh, I've been here for 10 years. I started off actually as an intern. I was doing my grad school program in Long Beach, and uh, I actually am a local to this area. So I felt like I should do some, I should do some internships at, uh, nearby happened to pick up the phone. I called the Quakes. They're like, we are interviewing right now. If you can come in tomorrow, came in, got hired the next day. Uh, and then uh, I, I always say the rest was history after that. Um, and then I was fortunate enough after the season, some spots opened up, got hired. I started off as a sponsorship account executive after a few years, moved into the director sponsorship role. Um, and then I, I think two years after that, I became the assistant general manager I did that for uh, four or five seasons and then uh, moved into the vice president of corporate partner. So, uh, it, you know, it's one of those things. Not everybody stays in minor league baseball for this this long, but I, I kind of was on a, the right track where if there was ever going to be a fork in the road, I was pre- presented another opportunity here. And it kept me excited and kept me going. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough to now. Now I get to help make the decisions. You know, there's a small group of us. And if we want to do something, we just basically brainstorm it, come up with it, make sure it's a a plan that works. (laughs) I got to say, it's another miraculous story to use the word again from starting from the bottom. Now we're here, started from the internship, now the leader. I love it. And that just kind of just shows your genuine commitment and effort to the sport, but then also to the environment around you, the brand that you represent, you know, where where were people 10 years ago? Think about that. So I do feel like that, that means a lot. That says a lot about you and your commitment to that brand but also shows that you've been along for the ride through all of the innovation in between. And the latest new normal, new normal 2.0, whatever, 3, 5.0, whatever comes next, I know that you're leading the way. So let's just talk about really quick in the last couple of years, how has the the new normal been treating you? How have you been navigating that with the team? Yeah, so, you know, differently than a lot of major uh, professional sports, you know, like we are not the Los Angeles Dodgers. We, at the end of the day, we are a small business. Uh, we have a, we had a front office staff of about 16 people. Uh, and then we would operate our games with game day staff of, you know, between hundred and 200 people. Uh, and that's what makes the ship go. But for us, we were stuck in like, you know, the, the Flintstone age of, 
uh, everything. You know, we were still keeping paper records, you know, doing, doing a lot of those types of things. So going into the 2020 season at the end of 2019, so we haven't gotten COVID yet. Um, that was our big off season pushes. Hey guys, it is time for us to actually do some things technology wise. So while we did have an email database and we did have social media and we did have a ticket platform, none of those things spoke to each other. And so we, we ended up jumping on some different platforms so that all of them could talk as far as our CRM, where we kept all of our, our fans, as well as uh, we ended up going with tickets.com. So when somebody comes and swipes their credit card, their information goes right into our CRM. Our CMR, CRM now talks directly with our email newsletter. Um, so we, that was our plan. And so we finally were all on board, got that going. Uh, we were going into 2020 and uh, the world shut down about 20 days before our opening day. I think that was actually my last like real world event that I did was on, I think, like March 8th. I was out at spring training for a Dodgers affiliation weekend. And then we came home. And then that like Thursday was, you know, all right, uh, everybody go home. We'll let you know when to come back. Uh, and so that was kind of uh, how that went for us. But as far as uh, the tech, luckily, we had started that process of getting it all set up and, and going there. So we were able to communicate with our fans easily or easier than it would have been. And then, you know, uh, for example, one of the funniest things that I think has changed from my first year till now is when I first started here, what is so great about minor league baseball is like the intimacy of it. I mean, you know, you got you know, our fans, uh, our stadium holds 4,700 fans. You know, your likelihood of meeting a player one in 4,700 4, is much more likely than if you go to Dodger Stadium and you're one in 56,000. So, you know, a lot of people are able to come to lots of games and create relationships with players and our staff. Like, I mean, I, I can't go on our concourse without having conversations with so many of our ticket holders because they just come every night and want to talk about things. So, um, that's, what's great about us. So when I first started our call to action, so if you saw our freeway billboard or you got an e-button, we didn't want to click through to our website. We wanted you to physically pick up the phone and call us because we wanted to talk to you. Like that was what we were about. Now we're like, remove the phone number from anywhere, everywhere. We don't want to talk. I mean, we want to talk to you eventually, but like now everybody's just, they don't want to call you on the phone. Like, so we had to adapt. And so that's kind of been our process is just adapting, um, and kind of, for, I joke about it, but like bringing us to the 20th century, I know we're in the 21st, but we were, we were in the 19th. So we were like still, you know, medieval times and stuff. So, uh, we're, we're getting there and we've introduced some cool stuff on the sponsorship side as well that I can talk about later or whenever you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're touching on something that's really important is because nobody knew it was coming and you know, technology is all, you know, who isn't a laggard to the latest trend or everybody's trying to fight to get ahead. But what you just touched on, I think is most important is that trying to adopt from call us now to a self-guided type of sales process, mainly within the last five years, has really grown exponentially, but only been stapled as the foundation by the pandemic and the new normal of 1.0, 2.0, again, you know, whatever, how many versions of this we're going to have. But really, at the end of the day, life's going to get back to normal and how you engage with people in between and this and that, like, how's that going to look in the next three or five years? And I think that what you just touched on um, really gets hit home in terms of value and commitment to the brands that we do know and love. That loyalty to engagement in our free time is really what we're after is the value for people. So when it comes to having those conversations, they're still happening just in a different format. And I think that's what's really important for the audience here is when we talk about these things, many small, medium businesses in our audience listening to the next tip, the next trick, how do I, 
you know what? It starts with genuine engagement with people and utilizing the data points you've captured. If you don't have a CRM, if you don't have all those things, that's okay. You can still go get one. Here's how to do it, right? That's what we're talking about. But how do you create content that gets people to go, yeah, I want more of this. I want to be on this social media platform when I've got four minutes of spare time in between, you know, the six Zoom calls that I have today. But yeah, I don't want to go check out the Quakes. What are the Quakes doing? I see they got a new video. Boom, I'm on it, right? I'm a, li- I'm a first like, you know? That's kind of where I want to see the excitement go for everyone in our audience. But when it comes to any type of branding, this intimate relationship, again, a stadium of 4,700 people, if you haven't been to a minor league baseball game, change your mindset and get there. It's a romantic environment. How you talk about baseball at night under the lights in a small environment like that? Come on. It doesn't get any better. I still remember a time I went to a minor league baseball game and caught a foul ball off the side. I still got the ball <laughs> over here on the side. And it's, it's still one of my favorite memories. I never would have had the opportunity to engage in something like that or even have that memory if I didn't kind of change my own stance. So that's one of the reasons that we have Chris here today, thought leader, expert, been there from the start, watching it grow in real time. So now we're going to start talking about that next level innovation. So when we're looking at those data points, talking to one another for the audience, again, remember, we talk about three pillars here, awareness, education, and revenue for video content, but really all forms of content. Everybody needs that. So when it comes to building more awareness for your brand in the in this strange off-season of events, if you would, now kind of coming around. How did you address that? What makes you feel good about the team and your ability to not only generate more awareness, but also create additional revenue generation campaigns for your your current sponsors and other activations that you're doing? Yeah, um, I mean, great questions. Like for us, I think uh, coming out of the pandemic, so we had a whole canceled season, a whole forfeited season in 2020 and uh, kicked off games starting in 2021. We found out who really liked us. You know, it's like you find out who your friends are. Um, so we going into 2021, we knew that we were starting the season at 33% capacity. We were going to follow California rules. Uh, so our whole goal was keeping all the ticket holders and all our corporate partners that we could at the values that they that, that they were already in. So basically anybody that had paid those kind of things, trying to keep them there. And what we were going to do was just provide additional value. And the way to provide additional value was a lot of this stuff. So we, we had to really jump into the digital market as far as we were still handing out paper programs when you walked in the gate. Now we had to go to a there's QR codes all around our ballpark. You scan it and it'll take you right to a link where we've got a flipping book and you can go through all those pages. The cool part for a sponsor is different than our black and white program is now this is a digital program and your your ad is completely in color. It's on their cell phone and they can click on it and the link takes them right to their page. So that was kind of our sales pitch. Like, here's our sales pitch. Uh, you know, do that. Also, when you go to this QR code, there's a bunch of other links it can take you to, to our promotions that are coming up directly to our radio broadcast. So you can listen to our radio broadcast right there. You can do the program. Um, if we're doing a charity event, uh, we have a app uh, based uh, platform that we use to auction off jerseys and things like that. So people are able to go in there. So it kind of became it's it's a link tree. It became our hub. So you go to this QR code and we can, you can go every there, everywhere from there. So that was something we had to adapt. But as we were headed into the season, we had a lot of sponsors who had already paid for a paper program or paper ticket backs, you know, as and so for us, we're like, OK, we've got to get creative and show them that they're still getting their value. And if not, we need to show them how we're going to get them additional value. One thing that we talked about was that email newsletter. Well, the, the good part was when we started doing all this and we had that year off to really look and dive into our stuff, we went from an email uh, database where we had all these uh, all these emails in our CRM system. We just hadn't got them to the database. 
So we we grew our database from 5,500 to 60,000. So it's like now when you send out a single email, I mean, I was like, you know, it's a thousand times the, the traction. So that was something that we're like, great news. You're sponsoring this night now. We used to talk to 5,500 people. Now you're going to you know, be in front of 55,000 people multiple times. Um, so those were the the areas of us showing like how we were going to improve and 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 get them more exposure. But it was a lot of, I mean, a lot of areas and topics that we had to address. And luckily, we had a whole year. We were already ready for a season. So a lot of the promotions were already planned and the sponsorships were sold and the tickets were sold. Now it was, how do we keep them on board and keep them happy? And so we're excited because we discovered a lot of things that are going to make us better going forward, um, both externally and internally. Uh, we never really use a platform for our office across the floor to communicate on. You know, it'd be just emails. Now we're Microsoft Teams and we've got files and folders and everybody can go on there and access documents themselves. So there's no longer... I mean, I still like to pick up the phone and, and make sure I'm not doing something wrong. And I'll call our VP of tickets and be like, hey, is there a suite available on this night? But technically, I should be able to just go into Microsoft Teams and open it up and see what's going on there. And, and we're good. So there's been a lot of stuff that's helped us grow. Uh, and it was something we needed to do. And so uh, you got to look at the positives. So COVID was really bad for a lot of people. But hopefully we're able to take a lot of a lot of the downside or things that we weren't doing great. And we were able to make them really good for this year. And now we can take that stuff and move it into a 2022 season and make 2022 even better than it was pre-pandemic. That's our goal. I mean, that's our, our plan moving forward is get us back to where we were and then better. Uh, and so I'm excited. That's that's where I'm at. I love it. And the part of where you're coming into, like, how did we come back and re-innovate to provide the value that was already there? Because when you can't have a season, how do you how do you fire off those activations, right? So you're talking about small, local, and medium businesses, big, large brands. What do they spend? $10,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars a year, whatever it is. How did you find a way to do it? And you went right to the topic I wanted to touch on, QR code activations. That right now is the most commonly accepted and self-guided <laughs> uh, fan base interaction that you can get into. Um, I personally went to a restaurant you know, a couple months ago or something like that. And for the first time, I got to experience getting a QR code copy of a menu. <laughs> so imagine going to a venue, you're getting a pamphlet, not a thing now. Scan the code, scan the code, scan the code. Now you have this bookmark site on your phone. I can share it. It's, it's immediately available and it's all formatted and completely on brand. I think that right there, that small little jump, that was most natural. And then how you fill out the QR code that you're going to, what is on that page? A lot of people are leading with video, of course. We make videos, yes. But my point is, whatever that experience needs to be, it's a push towards digital content creation, engagement, and retention. If you're not saving the emails, if you're not building the database for the audience, build the database, build your fan base, right? It's literally a fan base here, right? Build the fan base for your brand and find a way to provide value so it's genuine, insightful, and helpful. If you listen to all these podcast episodes, I say the same thing on everyone. Genuine, insightful, and helpful is the way to maintain local brand awareness, but then also build real relationships with people. Even if it's digital, doesn't necessarily all have to be in person. We, we're all adapting to this. I'm really excited for 2022 because of that 2020 year. Now, a lot of people went through that, already kind of figured it out. This show is about bringing some of those shortcuts to you if you didn't go through that process. There's no secret to it. There's more data. People want it digital. How are you going to engage with them? So it gets me excited to ask you the next question. But you know, in the competitive sports world, right? How are the quakes differentiating themselves from the competition, right? You know, you know, you're looking at these different variables, the unsures, 
We're making technology adaptations, creating new activations, but there's a lot of different ways to go down this road. What's separating you right now? You know, one thing that really helped, and unfortunately for some of the other teams, is we're an outdoor venue. So we were able to open our doors earlier on during COVID than a lot of other people. A lot of arenas had to remain closed because they're indoors, but because we're outdoors, we're able to, and we were able to go quickly from the 33% back to 100% capacity. Um, so that's kind of been our, our, our edge, but that was nothing we did. That's just, that's the name of the game. Uh, we still have those hundred degree days like today's going to be where, you know, we might lose some fans because they don't want to come. But by the time the sun sets at 6.30 p.m., it's beautiful and 80 degrees. So I still recommend it, even though it feels hot during the day. We're wonderful in the evening. Post-game fireworks, too. You can come enjoy that. No. Uh, yeah, for us, I it's that, it's back to that, like, intimacy uh, that I was talking about earlier. I feel like that is our – just being in L.A., we're such a saturated market. I mean, you can literally drive 45 miles and see – at least a dozen major league sports sporting events or teams. You can also get the LA fair, the orange County fair. You can go to the zoo. You can go to multiple amusement parks. And then there's five more other minor league S teams, whether that be indoor soccer, hockey, uh, baseball, uh, there's arena football nearby. So there's, there's so many. And then we also have collegiate sports and we have some, some of the most popular universities in all of the United States here as well, who are probably outdo some of the local major league teams as far as uh, ticket sales and things like that. So it is a very saturated market. So what we can provide is access. Um, this year has been a little more tough because we've had to do a lot more COVID protocol, but we can't wait until we're able to, to kind of kick that again. And it can, you know, some of the fun things we used to do is when our gates opened, we had two of our active players standing at the gates, greeting fans as they walked in. And they would be there for the first 15 minutes. They'd sign autographs, take pictures, and then they'd head back to the locker room and potentially play that night. Or maybe they were a pitcher that pitched the night before. But that's just the type of like you would never see that at Angel Stadium. Like, could you imagine going to the main gate, walking in and Shohei is standing there or Mike Trout or, you know, Dodgers? Like it like it's. You would just never see that. So like that is something that I believe where our advantage is. And we really try to hit that home, especially when we're going out there and we're selling tickets or sponsorships. Um, you know, for us, when I'm selling a sponsorship, I'm not selling a national corporate deal. I am selling you're part of our community. Like we are the staple of the community. And now you are you're branding yourself with a staple of the community who's been here for almost 30 years. Like basically we're going to hold hands and everybody's going to hopefully love us both. Um, and you're going to be able to, you know, jump on that. So that's kind of like how we, we do it is just, we're all about family, affordable entertainment and being a great member of our community uh, and bringing the community out. That's awesome. And like, that's exactly what I hear. And like, that takes me into my next question too, is, you know, besides, you know, the, the journey to get here now more about, okay, now we're heading into this new, we found new ways to create interaction and intimate moments that build that everlasting memory. Just kind of like I shared, I, you know, that was a special, now you're creating more of that, right? What's going to be a part of the next thing you're looking forward to in 2022 and beyond is, as you get through the rest of the year, I mean, there's a lot going on, of course, still, but I mean, like, you know, what's out on, what's out on the perimeter, or perhaps maybe there's a, an activation right now that you can tell us a little bit about that you'd like to, to share with us, maybe a brand or something in there. Yeah, for me, it's been there's something on my list, but I'm I'm hoping I'm hope I mean, fingers crossed, like because it's expensive. But our video board is from 2000, maybe earlier. 
So we are we are working with. I mean, when you go upstairs, you're you're talking about the box TV computers or what still run our video board because we literally can't upgrade the computer because the software is too new and won't be able to communicate. So our push over the next uh, year or two is to get a new video board, and part of that is that is the way that fans enjoy games now. They want to be able to take a photo in their seat and tweet it at us. And then see it on the video board in the sixth inning, uh, you know, and, and things like that. So they, you know, and I, I've been to games where that's happened and you're like, oh, that's cool. They put they put my photo up there or they they put my tweet up there. So those are the things that we're trying to get. It is expensive. Not everybody can just rip off, a you know, five hundred thousand dollar check or million dollar check to put up a new board. But it is we know how vital it is for the fan and not just for partners, but for the fan experience. Like it, it, it goes hand in hand. And so that is something that's very grand, grandiose that's on, on the horizon for us that we are trying to do. Um, but if we're just trying to, we're just, you know, we'll go back to just trying to get back to how we were and really focus on how we can get the fans more engaged. You know, you talk about video. That is something that we aren't perfect at yet. We can definitely get better, whether that be, you know, one-on-ones with players and, you know, hey, you didn't get to beat them in person this year, but we're going to have a 30-minute live Zoom. Everybody can join. And so those are the things that we're starting to play with and we're excited about. And hopefully we'll be able to, now that we've had the time, to sit back and, and dive into it and really learn more. Because a lot of times you just have so much on your plate. You're like, I'll get there someday. Well, this is someday. So hopefully hopefully we'll get there now. So those are the kind of things that we, we're excited about and we'll get into. But you know, we we know who we are, um, which is a good thing. A lot of people are always looking like, who are we? How do we you know, we got to change it up, got to do this. Like we know who we are and we know what our fans want, really. And so we're just going to keep doing that at a very, very high level. Um, we have an internal motto and it's called fun. Wow. Yes. We're going to provide a fun experience. We're going to make sure the fan says wow. And we're going to say yes, like whenever we possibly can. Kid wants to play shortstop tonight. I might not be able to say yes, but I might be able to say, how about you come back on Sunday for our youth clinic and you'll be able to actually get instructions from our shortstop. Or if you hang out after the game, this is where our shortstop comes out. We'll sign an autograph for you. So it's like just trying to find that. But that's what we will continue to just excel at and, and try to do. But yeah, I hope I answered that question. I just kind of talked. To no, no you nailed it perfectly because I would say for the audience again, one more time, the most common details that we discuss on sports activation specifically and other conversations I've had and other business talks about ideating what's next pregame mid game and post game interactions with the fan base are what's most important. And those are all being driven by digital content creation platforms and campaigns right now today. It's already happening, but that's my argument for everyone is that's a universal policy for all businesses. There's your pregame, your, your mid game and your post game before I'm a client. When I am a client and then hopefully on, you know, the post client, you don't want that one. But really the post client part is I love your brand so much. I'm moving on to a new point in my career. I will take my relationship with you to that next place. That's where I find the most excitement on the back end for me is that gluing all of this together. It's the same universal concept. How are you going to engage everybody? Do you need video? Yes, of course. Are those boards expensive? You know it. But the value to the sponsor, the expected fan experience of the full on brand intimate relationship that we're building. That's universal for anybody. So whoever's listening to the show, 
whether you're into sports, whether you're into software, technology, healthcare, legal, name it, there's always going to be that type of relationship you need to build. And it's got to start on a digital format. It could start with um, the snippets and and the intimate interactions that we talked about here. But again, how does that look on that bigger scale? What's the next plan? What's your roadmap? So think about that in, in the audience, right? But uh, Chris, I'm loving this conversation. So I got to say, what's next for, for you and the quakes right now? Huh? What, what's, what's getting you excited about some of the next steps here? You know, for me, probably the most exciting thing is I'm very goal-driven uh, and oriented. Like for some reason, I just looked up, we have like a goal board. I just looked up at the board to see where we were at. Because I remember when I came in, we, you know, we were at a certain number of sponsorship sales and ticket sales and all of that. And we have grown so much in the 10 years that I've been here. And then we took a big, you know, step back this year. So my, now I can look at something and be like, Hey, I know where we can be for sure. It's not no longer just like, so I'm going to get us back there. So that like, that is goal number one. So I have like, uh, it's, it's fun to be 10 years in and still be goal driven and want to find things. Um, and so for me, it's, get us right back to where we were in 2019. I have a goal of trying to do that by 2022. So make it basically feel like the last two years didn't affect us. And one one piece I wanted to say that uh, important to the listener or anybody out there, you know, when I talk about like the video board and it being really expensive, like, you know, we all have to go through our channels to get something like that approved. And it's very rare. You're going to have an ownership group just be like, yeah, go ahead, spend a million dollars. Like we trust you. So like, that's not how it works, but how I've been successful in my 10 years and probably why I've seen the rapid promotions and just kind of shot through is because I'm the type of person that like, I have these ideas. I'm the idea guy. (laughs) They're like, oh, great. Here comes Chris with needs another check for something. But when I do it, I come with like full on plans. Like I'm talking about presentations and I go, hey guys, here is how much it's going to cost us. And I know that's a lot of money. Here's how much it's going to make us next year, you know, like, and then I, I have it broken down. And so with the video board, that's the process that I'm currently in. I have 30 days to be honest, like I have until October 1st to come up with my full presentation of, I know it's going to cost us $60,000 a month for the next 10 years to pay this off, but this is how much we will make per season on it. And this is how, and then I'm going to show all those things. And then I'm going to try to hit, because there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't necessarily like monetary, like they're the fan experience. I can't show how that is monetizing the board, but that can be a, you know, that's like a plus. So it's like, if I can get sponsorships to pay for all this, then we're going to be on board. And then I know at the end of the day, we're going to sell more tickets and we're going to sell more groups and we're going to, because people are going to have more fun doing it. So that's always just my advice when I, when I talk to interns or, or staff and they're just like, how do you always get them to say okay to stuff, you know, outside of them just being like, oh, they like you, you know, like you're, you're the golden child. So they say yes to you on everything. And I'm like, they don't just say yes. Like I, you know, you're missing out on the 55 back and forth emails where I'm explaining how this is going to work for us. Um, and to my uh, point, I have not had one flop yet where it's like, you lost us a hundred grand last year with that great idea. So uh, luckily, because uh, my my track record's pretty good, I get to continue doing those kind of things. So that's just my my um, my suggestion to people is when you ask a question or or you want something, bring a plan. Think about it just a little bit. You know, sometimes you might need to ask the question to be like, "Is this something we would even consider?" That's okay. But then when you're actually 
actually asking for it, bring a little bit of a plan. And it's amazing how many more yeses you get, more doors open, more like, hey, oh, okay, I've never looked at it like that. You're you're on the right track. Maybe maybe my mind wasn't in the right area yet, but they're like, let's bring in the group department and you talk about it with them and then bring me back the plan that you guys have made together. So that's kind that's of right. how a lot of things go for us around here. And uh, some of the new digital platforms, that was the big, because they're big spends. It's not, it's not cheap to jump on all these things. We do, a, a, we use a digital pr- presentation deck now. Um, and my pitch to ownership for us to do it, even though it was going to cost us, you know, tens of thousands was um, we're going to sell a lot more than that with being able to now have zoom calls and not, and, and do the presentation there. We'll be able to get a lot more out. Um, it's trackable, all those kind of stuff. I wasn't at yes yet until I brought in the tickets and group side and showed them how they could use it to sell tickets and groups. And then all of a sudden it became a floor wide tool. And then ownership was, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You guys can do that. So that was like an example of like, we went from a no to a maybe to a yes. <laughs> I would I would also argue that, you know, bring in some wild concepts to the table that, you know, okay, that costs a lot. Of, everything costs money. You want to you wanna win, you got to pay to play. And it takes an investment in different areas. Some places you may not be comfortable for, but I will say in my own experience, just do it. It's going to cost what it costs. That's usually the easier part for me. And then it's like, okay, here's the extrapolation of what you can expect. And for the audience, again, We've shared these things. Your goals can change. That's okay. That could be okay. But there should be some ROI element, of course. If I spend this, can I go get this type of return? But then there's also secondary supplementary goals that kind of fall into that gray area. It might be a little more colorful. Well, this will increase fan engagement. If I increase fan engagement, I can sell 20% more hot dogs. You know what I mean? Or or maybe you know, we, we get you know 10% growth in followers overnight. Uh, you know, I have a big home run. It's on the board. It gets retweeted and some other. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an endless possibility of what if. But the idea is to dictate that story up front. Hey, this is the stand. This is the expected experience that we're going to establish. And it's a part of our brand. So whether it's a, a platform for creating videos, displaying videos, getting departments on board with a new piece of software or technology, the game's the same. What's most important to you? What needs to happen? Need to make money? Yeah, that's easy. What else you got for me? That's kind of a point. That's the, that's what I want the audience to hear is, you know, we got to bring those stories to life. We've got to go to bat for it. Sorry for the baseball analogy, but really you got to take that swing. You got to go for it. Um, you know, at least learn from that type of experience. So ideating with thought leaders like Chris at the Quakes really changes the game for all of us. But as we come around here on the end of the show, Chris, I just want to say thank you so much for jumping in, sharing your energy with us today, bringing this story to life. It's been awesome having you. But again, uh, on behalf of Pressplay, if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Come on, let's go. Powered by Explainify. I've been your host, Derek Gerber. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks.